This is a Q Media production. Hey, I'm Matt Purcell, the founder of Q Media, and I'm going to, in this episode, give you a little masterclass on personal branding and answer the frequently asked questions that get thrown at me a lot. I've been nicknamed the personal branding sensei in Australia. I work with some of Australia's top personal brands and leading companies. And I mean, my brand brother, Dane Walker, calls me the Bruce Lee of personal branding or the branding. And I call him the Chuck Norris of personal branding. Look him up because he's white and he can kick really high, but I can still beat him because I just go really low. For all those short people out there, you'll feel me for that. This episode is going to be really practical. There's tools, there's tactics, and there's a little surprise at the end of it. So stick around to hear it. I get so many questions about personal branding, so we better start with some Q&A. The first question is, personal branding has become a really big buzzword. So what the hell is a personal brand? Personal branding is really simple. It's your professional image as a person, as a staff member, as a founder to your marketplace. It's your professional image, your reputation of visibility and credibility into the marketplace. Name seven real estate agents. You might get to three of them. Name seven toothbrush brands. You probably get to three. Name seven accounting firms. You probably get can't get past one or two. And how many of them exist in Australia? So many. I mean, bloody real estate agents, they're like the plague. They're everywhere. If you can only recall three of them out of like 100,000 in Australia, what's the loss there if you're not one of those top three or top five or you're not even memorable? If you're not even memorable, if you don't even come to mind when someone mentions your industry, then do you exist? Personal branding helps solve that problem. Second question, do you think that personal branding is more important than traditional branding? Tim Cook has more followers than Apple. Bill Gates has more followers than Microsoft. Elon Musk has way more followers than Tesla. Richard Branson has way more followers than Virgin. And so many brands are the same. Founders and personal brands typically grow faster online than the traditional brands. And 84% of millennials don't trust the ads that come from the Companies that make them, meaning that people don't trust ads from soulless, faceless, humanless things anymore. Personal branding is about humanizing marketing again. And I believe it's the fastest, most effective way to be able to give a brand a soul, a face, a tone, and a personality. And most importantly, it's about being memorable. It connects values to a product. Or we're just selling t-shirts, just fabric. Or we're just selling services that everyone else offers. How have times changed from traditional branding to personal branding? Why has this become a big trend? Well, I really believe that people's standards have raised, really have raised. Like people talk about attention span all the time. I don't think attention span has lowered so much. I think people's standards have raised with the amount of content and the things that we try and sell people with. I mean, very practically, historically, we've only had traditional medium. So radio, television, and print. When social media came out in the last decade or so, it was quite immature. We weren't really knowing how we can market with it or how people are going to respond behaviorally. But what it did was it gave access to everyone to have a personal brand, to be able to compete with celebrities. So celebrities own their own space of like, they're the only types of influential people in the world that can endorse something or attract something to them. And when social media came along, say with platforms like Instagram and all the things we use, that enables everyone to be able to get to a similar level and become micro-celebrities. So we've got so many more celebrities now or key persons of influence, I call them KPIs, that represent industries like accounting. Like there was no celebrity accountants before, but there's definitely industry celebrities for most categories now. And that's why personal branding is so important now is because traditionally we've always needed to use 
humans to be able to give a personality to a product because a product or a service is abstract. Some services are absolutely invisible and you need to be able to demonstrate how it works, who's it for, what value does it bring. And we've always borrowed human beings to be able to show that. It's like we need mannequins to be able to show our t-shirts. Sometimes you got to ask the question, am I the mannequin and the t-shirt's wearing me and it's giving me value? Or I'm wearing the t-shirt because I'm giving it value. And that's a big difference between personal branding and traditional branding. What are some good examples of personal brands? I'll tell you the most successful personal brand of the 20th century, arguably, is a spy. And he has a license to kill. He kills people for a living. His name's James Bond. James Bond started as a book who became a movie in the 1960s and has made dozens of movies right through to the 2020s. He's one of the most successful personal brands. Why? Because he's remained both credible and relevant through every single decade for the last five or six decades. James Bond may not be a real person, but he might as well be because brands like Omega are putting watches on James Bond. How many gadgets, <laughs> how many tech companies have really benefited from James Bond using all the cool gadgets and things like that. Like, I mean, there's so many things that are in James Bond films that are worth millions of dollars to businesses. And the funny thing is, he's not real. He's a character, but actors keep him relevant. Movies keep him relevant. In the 1960s, since, since 1960, James Bond has had at least an average three to four movies every 10 years from the same actor. Then they reskin James Bond for the next era with a new culture, with a new look, with new technology. And in the 80s and the 90s, so he always stays relevant, but he's reskinned. That is one of the most brilliant examples of personal branding. Because, I mean, even with Tony Stark, Audi paid millions of dollars, I think it was like $300 million to be able to have Audi as the car choice for Tony Stark to drive in the Marvel franchise, which earned them, I think it was $3 billion of revenue exposure. Branding is a long-term game. Some people would see, oh, $300 million, a lot of money. Where's the return on that? I mean, gosh, Iron Man movies were like 10 years ago, some of them. Well, they were getting quite old, but they're forever going to be timeless with a Tony Stark driving an Audi. It's, an, it's priceless, absolutely priceless. So that's the power of personal branding, not just being in real life, but in characters as well. What are some success stories of personal branding that we've had? Well, we've had clients grow from 23,000 followers, for example, to 90,000 followers. We've had people grow nearly to 10,000 followers in a month from our strategies with personal branding. And that's put them on the map for keynote speaking, for PR, for so many things that makes them more of an authority. Because when you're the authority, then like I said, like if you go to Coles and you're looking for a yogurt, there are like 50 yogurts literally trying to get your business. But if you're the authority, like the Telstra Optus or Vodafone of the yogurt, there's only really three that exist. And this is about visibility. This is about being on the map. This is about being heard to be seen, to be chosen, or to be seen, to be heard, to be chosen. And so many people, my God, they are so much more credible and so much more impacting in their industry than so many of the spookies in social media. And it's because they're not relevant. It's not because they're not good at their job. There's so many experts out there that are really good but they're not relevant, they're not known. And therefore they miss out on that promotion. Therefore they miss out on that scalability. They miss out on their potential because they haven't embraced the power of remaining relevant. 
Matt, can anyone have a personal brand? The answer is yes, you can have a personal brand. And in the next section, I'm going to talk about what level of personal branding you can actually use it for because there's different levels of personal branding. And some people ask us, and this is the last question, are you taking on more personal branding clients? We don't take on everybody. We are a boutique agency. We have to get absolutely obsessed and believe in our talent and believe in the human. So if you believe that you are doing the work, we'd love to help people who are helping themselves. I encourage you to apply and we'd love to talk to you. So this is a masterclass on personal branding. I'm going to start with the five levels of personal branding. There are levels to it. Some people ask me, can I have a personal brand? The answer is yes, but it depends on what level you're aiming for and the level you're at at the moment. So there's five levels. The first level is just an in-house expert. So if you're an in-house expert, you might be credible. You might have had to go to uni. You might have years of experience, but to the outside world, you're unknown. You're only known inside the four walls of your organization. That's an in-house expert. The second one is a local hero. So in your little town, or like it might be the city of Newcastle or Lake Macquarie, even a suburb, you might have a little personal brand there, referrals, people going, oh yeah, I use my local, you know, the local guy, that's the local hero. The third level is regional leader. So think about the city of Newcastle, think about the city of Sydney, think about the city of Melbourne. You're the leading voice of that city for your industry. And the benefit of that is people are going to there for want to work with you specifically and they're coming maybe you're going to get your reputation is attracting your own referrals and you're benefiting the business you're part of either as a staff member or if you're a leader of it it's great like richard branson and virgin the attraction that you get is giving the the work to your company it's fantastic the fourth level is micro celebrity so these are people that are rock stars in a niche industry so property accounting chefs fitness but these individuals can walk down the street and go to Westfield, for example, and, and not many people will stop them. They're not like The Rock or Taylor Swift, which leads us to our last level, which is household name. And that's very easy. Just name like David Beckham, Gordon Ramsay, whole bunch of like celebrities and actors and musicians. They can't go anywhere without being swarmed. They're known internationally. So they're the five levels of personal branding. And you got to ask yourself, what level am I at now? Right? And what level do I aspire to get to? And if I got to that level, what benefit would that bring me in my business, in my career? What do I need to do to get from you know, in-house expert to a micro-celebrity? What skills do I lack? What awards do I need to aim to get? What case studies do I need to be able to create so that it gets me up the ladder? Because it's earned. It's earned. All that stuff is earned right? It's two types of things when it comes to personal branding with these levels. One is relevance and credibility. You can be relevant, but not credible. You can go on a reality TV show and be relevant for what, six weeks or eight weeks, but not respected because they haven't built anything, right? And you can have built something like a really successful business that's well known across Australia, but not be relevant. No one knows who you are. And one is respected, but not wanted. One is wanted, but not respected. And I think you've got to marry the two together. If you can fill these two buckets up, relevance is a, a maintenance thing. It's talking about the times now. It's keeping up with the trends. It's keeping up with what people are going through right now. To build credibility up, you need to do things like awards and you need to build tangible things to say that <laughs> this is beneficial to the world. For example, one of my favorite humans in the world and dear friend and a client of ours, Lane Beachley, 
she's a seven times world champion. So she's credible. <laughs> she was in an industry where it was male dominated. The women were vastly underpaid for, compared to the men. If you read her biography, the men would win million dollars prize money and the women would get 80 grand. Like it was just crazy times back then. But she was one of the main voices for women surfing and one of the main influences to be able to get surfing to become the first equal paid sport in history. And Lane Beachy led, led that. So she's known as a world champion and she wanted to be known and rebrand herself as more as a wellness champion. Someone like, cause she's a retired athlete, but she wants to keep helping people. And she, as an athlete, she's fit, respects her health. She wants to help people with their mental health as well. Cause she went through so much as a competitive athlete. She needed to use her credibility and find a way to be able to remain, get relevant in that topic. And that's what we've worked really hard to do. And that's an example of someone can be credible and these credible people need relevance and relevant people, they desperately need to get credible. A great example of this again is the uninspired unemployed. They blew up as, you know, funny tradies doing skits and blowing up on TikTok. But how long, honestly, can you sustain that and make that a, jo a job? Like, could they lead their day job? Can they do that for 30 years? Just as TikTokers, like technology will change. They rode the wave of relevance with TikTok and all this stuff, but they desperately needed as a strategy to find credibility. Hence why they partnered with a beer company. And that beer company, because of their relevance in the marketing, has blown up. It's a really great example of how someone has used their relevance to connect to something credible to make a real offering and a real successful business from it. So partnership between the two is key. There's two things I want to share in this masterclass that are vital for personal branding. The second is your story, right? Your story is the uncopyable thing of your whole life. Most things about your life can be copied. Visually, I can buy, you can buy this shirt, you can buy these jeans, you can try and get my hair cut. <laughs> you can try and be Asian, but that's going to be really hard. But the thing that you can't copy is my story. You can't copy someone's testimony. So many people look at their lives and think, I'm too vanilla, I'm too boring. What of my story is relevant to my business? Let me give you a little framework. What's Spider-Man's story? Where did he come from? He lived with Uncle Ben and Auntie May in Manhattan. His parents died when he was young, right? And he was a smart kid at school, nerdy, not really in with the girls, not really popular with the kids. He was often picked on and overlooked and invisible. Then he got bitten by a radioactive spider, gave him powers but he wasn't still a Spider-Man yet. He was still trying to find his way and work out what his purpose was. Then he found his purpose through tragedy where Uncle Ben died because he let some criminal go and with great power comes great responsibility was the philosophy that Uncle Ben taught him. And that's when he decided, wow, this is my purpose in life is to be a hero and use his powers as my duty. You have a Spider-Man story in your own life. Where did you come from? My story is I was adopted. I don't, know, I don't know my biological parents. My parents from Australia look like Joe Biden and his wife, like they're whiteies, right? I have no idea what my parents look like. I went through a lot of bullying and racism as a kid and I was dumped in whiz bins. I was uh, picked on and I started fighting back and I started getting really insecure and went into myself. But I found peace and purpose through mentorship and through creativity. And I found my identity through conversations, late night conversations, passing conversations, conversations through strangers, reading books that really helped me want to voice my concerns to people, which helped me heal my life. And I found the strategies were, it's amazing how conversations actually lead to healing. 
Like if you think about going to see a psychologist, it's conversations. If you think about writing things down on paper, it's a conversation. That is my origin story because my story helps people to connect with me on a human level on all the ups and downs of life. So I've been through pain, I've been on a journey and I found my place. And the same with you. I was talking to somebody the other day. He's like, how is my story gonna help my landscaping business? And I asked him to go through the same process. Where'd you come from? I come from this shoebox house in Melbourne. Okay, what was your life like? Oh, it was pretty boring middle class. Um, I was bored a lot, but I was picked on at school because I wasn't smart, I wasn't sporty, I wasn't anything that was culturally cool. So I actually started going outside and found peace and therapy in being in the outdoors. You know, I love plants, I love the beach. And I'm like, there you go. Makes total sense why you're a landscaper. He's like, oh, I didn't see the usefulness of that. I'm like, yeah, well, it gives a reason why you're not just, it tells people then that you care. <laughs> it tells people then that this is much more than just a rising tide or a clever idea that you came up with in the shower, this business. It's like you're going to put heart and soul into it because you found therapy in it. And this is going to, landscaping will give you therapy and your family therapy from being outside and enjoying that. See how powerful stories is. And when you give people a story, then you're giving them something to refer people to you with. Oh, you're no longer the landscaping guy. You're the guy who uses, oh, this is a guy who went through stuff and he, he found peace through therapy. Uh, he found therapy through landscaping. Oh, Matt's that guy who's adopted and he helps young people and he, he helps celebrities and founders and all these people find their identity. So that's a great example of how you brand yourself. Your story is the gift and the vehicle that you give other people to use to refer people to you and to make you memorable. Without your story, there's no glory. No story, no glory. We're just scratching the surface with personal branding. Like we talked about the five levels of personal branding. We talked about the importance of your story and how you can connect that to your marketplace and the, the, the power of not being uncopyable, the power of being unique. Your story is so vital. And the third point I wanna talk about is publishing. Publishing, means that you are putting some of your IP, your story, your case studies out into the world. So one of the easiest ways to do that is through social media. And before social media, it was blogs on the internet. Before blogs, it was columns and papers or letters or whatever. There's always been forms of publishing so that people can find you. And the thing about publishing is this, you have to pick your niche. It's really... I mean, I get lots of debates about this because people feel trapped when you say, oh, I hate being just one thing because we're so used to having every option available to us. I want to be this. I want to be that. I want to be that. Let me tell you a little story. The biggest mistake I made with my personal brand was trying to do seven things at once. So Matt Purcell was a general store. I was a celebrant one time. I was a musician. I was a music school owner. I was a speaker. Now I was a keynote speaker. I was so many things and I was publishing these things around MySpace, Facebook, Instagram at the time. And if you scroll down right to the beginning of time of my Instagram, you might find some really random, you'll see the evolution of Matt Purcell. It was so confusing to people. Some people would be like, oh yeah, Matt, you're the celebrant. And then some people would be at the same event going, no, he's the muso. No, he's that. And then the, the, the hard thing was as a creative particularly, was to say no to to, to them because I had this fear of missing out in a really sick, twisted way. Like, oh, if I say no to all these things, I'm, I'm, leaving, mo I'm leaving money on the table because all of them actually earned money. And I discovered my niche by, by doing this exercise. 
I looked at over all the seven things I was doing, which were earning a bit of cash. I said, what's the one or two patterns? What are the one or two strengths that I have across all of them? Why are they doing fairly well? And the thing that came down to it was I knew how to sell and I knew how to market. I'm like, whoa, when I'm 50 or 60 or 70 as Mr. Miyagi <laughs> and gray and old, I don't really want to be doing these four things. I'd rather be building a business around these two things. And those two things were helping people and being creative. And if I could do both together, that's even better. So I narrowed it down from five to two. And I think a great way to frame this is to be able to think of a tree and branches. The trunk is like your main niche. You've got to build something up that's credible. Every personal brand that's successful has their big break. They're known to have done something in the industry that's great. Like, like I said, Lane Beachley, seven-time world champion. That's the tree. Once you have something that you've built and you stayed on it, like the old acronym of FOCUS, follow one course until successful. Again, focus on one course until successful. That's the tree trunk. So if you're a videographer, really build a big case study on videography and find as best clients as you can and build a wrap up around that. Then you can start talking about other things off the branches like directing and technology and stories and all these other things that are part of it. But if you don't have the tree trunk, then you're just a general store like I was. So it's really important to find your niche. What is the one or two things that are your tree trunk, that are your core offering? And then personal branding, obviously, there's a word called personal in it. So you've got to be able to speak to experiences of that core offering. So for example, there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about you shall not bear false witness to your neighbor. And bear false witness is an interesting thing because when you're on the stand at court, you just have to give an account of what you've seen, what you heard when you were at that event. And all I'm asking people to do with personal branding is, and this is what makes you authentic, is just speak to the goddamn experiences you've had in your own life. Don't fabricate it. Don't make anything up. Be a good historian of your own life. What your first camera was, if you're a videographer, for the example, how you got into it the biggest mistakes you learn, like the best case studies that you've had and break it down. Like these are what the great content creators do, for example, just with personal branding, that are speaking to their own experience. And that is being true to their story, making them completely unique. Even though the themes of failure and success aren't original, but it's unique to your story, which is going to connect to other people. So that's really important. Again, to summarize this little masterclass, Know what level of the five levels of personal branding you're at and where you want to go to. Focus on your personal story for your personal branding and find your niche. Like really try and pick your core offerings, narrow it down from being seven things to one or two and you'll be on your way. Then you get direction to start publishing on social media and all these different platforms about those things. And trust me, it works. All right, drum roll, please. We've never done this before at all but I'm happy to announce and very excited to announce that we are going to give away for the very first time a ticket to our personal branding workshop on the 27th of October. This is limited seats. Like we keep this to around 10 to 12 people max because we go deep on these days. First thing you need to do is go follow Q Media on Instagram. Second thing you need to do is rate our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts. And thirdly, you need to comment on this post why you want to come to this. Now, I don't want to give this ticket away to a random winner. I want to give it away to someone who really wants it, who truly wants to help themselves. Like I, I, I love helping people 
who are helping themselves and are clear on what they want. So I want to give this. This is over $1,000 of value for this day, and we limit it to 10 to 12 people. So once again, enter the competition by following Q Media, rating our podcast on all the podcast channels, and to comment why you want to come. So if you want more personal branding tips and help, we always give a lot away on Matt Purcell Official Instagram, and we have workshops every year. And once again, if you are in a position to want to build your personal brand, take it from you know in-house expert all the way to micro celebrity to household name, we do that. You can apply on our website or just reach out with your interest. Mm-hmm.